0: You guys want to start a podcast that includes music or you guys just want to start a podcast in general get started by downloading the free anchor app or going to anchor.fm and if you need some inspiration you can head over to blog.anchor.fm music from some more idea starters thank you so much and let's get into the episode hi everyone and welcome back to today's episode of the real real podcast with me natalie barbu In today's episode, I am interviewing Molly and Molly actually had reached out to me a while back and asked me if she could share her story on my podcast. And the second I heard her story and what she has done at only 20 years old, I like was jaw dropped, could not believe it. She is just the definition of a boss and she's also the definition of a go-getter. She is honestly the most I feel like ambitious person I have had on this podcast I feel like she knows exactly what she wants and she goes after it and that's just something I really admire about a person and I know that you guys are going to love this episode she was on project runway teen when she was younger and I think she made it down to the final episode which we talk about in the podcast which is crazy cool so she was mentored by Tim Gunn like what that is insane she's also been this creative stylist and the creative director for music videos she has her own fashion line. She's a Fashion designer living in LA and another thing that we actually didn't talk about in this episode but I wanted to mention is that she was on Graham Stefan's YouTube channel and Graham Stefan, if you guys have not watched him or watched my stories I love his videos I think they're so cool um I love his videos I think they're just so funny and entertaining and also kind of informative but I mean more entertaining than anything so I really 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 um love his channel and when I found out that she was on it I was just like kind of mind blown I was like oh my gosh I can't believe you were on it but Anyways, we didn't talk about in th- that episode because we had so many other things to talk about, more of her accomplishments and just her life and kind of how she came to the place that she is and how she's not stopping anytime soon. Like she's only going after more and living out her dreams even more in LA and it's just such an amazing episode. So I know that you guys are going to love it. And of course, if you guys like this episode, please be sure to give it five stars on iTunes. That would mean so much much to me if you guys could rate the podcast and also join the private facebook page private facebook page guys i want it to be a place where you guys can ask for advice where you guys can pitch yourself where you guys can network like i want it to be just a community for you guys where you guys feel like you guys belong so i really hope that you guys have been joining that and loving the private facebook page i love looking through it and i want to start being more active on there so be sure to do that um our instagram has taken kind of a that's New York City for you, the beeping in the background. <laughs> Our Instagram has been lacking, you guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to revamp it, so that's why it looks like absolute trash right now, but it's coming along. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, it might actually look a little bit better, but as I'm recording this intro, it looks like trash, so it's coming along, but you guys can still follow us to keep updates and stuff like that, but anyways, I'm just going to jump into the episode because it's too good to keep rambling, so I hope that you guys enjoy. We talked about it a lot. It's going to be a long episode, But yeah, let's just get into it. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real real.
1: Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I listen to your podcast all the time, so it's amazing to get to be a guest. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me. And when we,
0: or when you reach out to me on through DMing me, actually, I was like, I have to have you on the podcast. Like (laughs) you are so cool. Like everything that you're doing is just so cool. And honestly, it's, I feel like it's going to inspire a lot of people. So I'm excited to have you on.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. And I hope it does for sure. And you know, I get inspired by all the guests you have on here. So I hope I can inspire someone the same way. Yeah. So we are just going to start
0: with setting the record straight. So this is when I say a few assumptions and then based on your own experiences, you're going to say if they're true or false. Let's do it. Sounds like a plan. So the first one is reality TV is just like what you see on TV, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not true at all because there's a lot behind the scenes. Um, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad or good. Um, specifically the show I was on, I've been on a couple, but, um, most obviously known was Project Runway Jr. Um, the things that are true are we only had like the same amount of time that they show on TV. So we only had like eight hours to make a garment from scratch, but there is a lot you don't notice behind the scenes because, you know, they can't put 12 hours of TV Mm -hmm. on, you know, a show. So it's kind of funny though. I always tell people this. Um, We were in New York City, which is where we filmed for four days before we actually did the first episode, but we weren't allowed to talk to anyone on the cast, like, because, you know, we didn't want to talk off camera. Well, they didn't want us to because they would be like, oh, you know, you don't know what's going on on the show. Like, you know, if someone on like Bachelorette or something got in a fight off the show, then it'd be weird coming on the show and being on a fight or something. Mm -hmm. So There's just weird things like that. So they call it like hard ice on a lot of reality shows. So like hard ice is you can't talk to any of your other contestants. And then soft ice is you can talk but not about the show. So it's kind of weird because they try to like keep it, you know, you can't talk off camera. So it's like you're living like in reality tv all the time it's very weird
0: <laughs> oh wow and do you guys live so i've actually never seen project runway and i know that's a very unpopular um i guess like most people have <laughs> content, but is do you guys live in a house or how how do they separate you guys
1: Yeah so on so I was on the junior one the adult one they all live together but because of like kids labor laws you can't actually have them working for that many hours a day so we actually got our own hotel room we stayed in Williamsburg in Brooklyn um, in this super cute hotel and but we were on set every day from like 6 a.m to like 8 PM. So we still got like time off and we weren't all together, but, um, yeah, it was still, it was still really intense, but it's such a weird experience in so many ways.
0: Yeah, no, that's really, really cool that you got to experience it. Um, and I'm definitely going to ask you more about that because I'm so curious. And the next one is you need to move to LA or New York to have a career in fashion.
1: Okay. Not true at all um actually how I got into fashion was I grew up in Omaha Nebraska for most my life um and that's where I got into fashion funny enough which is so weird to think about but I honestly don't know if I would you know be in LA um if I would have gotten into it as much as I did in Omaha um I remember I was sitting in a study hall class and a girl in my class um her name was Kate Walls um if anyone wants to look her up but (laughs) She actually was the youngest U.S. designer to show a collection on the Eiffel Tower, and she was in my study hall class in Omaha, Nebraska. I was like, what? And she amazed me so much and, like, inspired me. And she was like three years older than me at the time. I was like a freshman and I think she was a senior. So I reached out to her and I was like, this is so amazing. And I already like loved fashion at the time, but she's the one who like inspired me. And we had a local Omaha Fashion Week, which is actually like the fifth largest fashion week in the US.
0: Wow. You would not think that.
1: Oh, right. No, you would not think so at all. And then Kansas City Fashion Week, which was like three hours away, was like the eighth top fashion week. So, I applied to both of those really without knowing how to sew. Like, I knew how to sew a little bit, but not a lot. Um, So, I applied going into those because it was something I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I have six months to make the collection, I can learn it. And, you know, it was the best experiences. And it got me to show at New York Fashion Week and LA Fashion Week. Like, they found out about me from the Midwest Fashion Week. So, totally not true you can live wherever and I feel like especially with social media today and all that like you can live anywhere and do anything
0: that is so cool that you didn't know how to sew and you still applied and you were just like you know what now that I got it I'm just gonna wing it and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna learn like you didn't let that stop you from not applying because a lot of people I feel like are like well I need to perfect my craft before I apply but I like your approach of just applying and then learning because you have to
1: Oh yeah. And there were like tons of night of tears. Like it was not perfect. That's for sure. But I've realized that for me, I am one of those people who's a perfectionist and nothing is ever going to be perfect because that's how life is. So if you just go into something, not knowing, you know, how to do it a hundred percent, I feel like it's the best way. And like, you know, even with you, I'm sure you get people all the time being like, I want to start a YouTube channel, but you know, you want it to be perfect. But I think it just goes to show like you know what Start it on your iPhone. If you want to do fashion, just start in some way without like knowing everything because it evolves over time and it will, you know, reach your ideal perfection level, which, you know, is never going to actually happen because, you know, we can always get better and better, but you don't have to be perfect when starting something out for sure.
0: Completely agree. I always say that. And also I think that with trying to keep up and trying to learn everything, like you're never going to know everything. So just start where you are.
1: Oh, 100%. You're going to think you know everything and then you're going to, you know, get to the next level and be like, wow, I have a lot more to learn, but you know, it's always a good thing.
0: Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max and location. See earnin.com/tos for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? I just wanted to take a quick break to thank tm soft's white noise sleep sounds for sponsoring today's episode are you having trouble sleeping focusing or relaxing if the answer is yes then tm soft's white noise sleep sounds podcast has got you covered this hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions reduce stress relax and get better sleep you can listen to the sounds of nature white noise relaxing music and so much more You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. And you should do a lot of unpaid work to gain experience if it's something that you love doing.
1: You know I think this is true. I don't think it has to be true but I think it can definitely be helpful. Um, For me when starting out I never did like an internship or anything but fashion week um, I actually had to pay like a couple thousand to be in New York fashion week, put on the show, um, and everything. So for me, when I started out, um, I did have to put forth money, but also, you know, I didn't necessarily go about doing unpaid internships or anything. So I think it's just what fits good for you. Now, I feel like, especially if I was starting out in LA, um, I feel like it's such, you know, a congested place with so many people wanting to break into the fashion industry like, totally reach out to people you admire. Um, If you're trying to, you know, get into styling or fashion design or music or anything, reach out to people and, you know, offer to do an unpaid internship because I feel like it can really give you, like, that leg up to, like, work with really, really cool people because they have nothing to lose out of it. So, you know, I think it just depends on your situation for sure.
0: Yeah, no, completely. And especially like you were saying with New York Fashion Week, like sometimes it does cost money to do those things, but the payoff is so worth it. Like if you make it to New York Fashion Week, you should take the opportunity.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I feel like the more money you invest in your craft, the more you're going to get out of it. And that's not saying you have to, but you know, you have to spend money sometimes to make money. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, you know, I did go to a little bit of school. I went to fit 'em in Los Angeles, but A lot of times when I'm investing money, you know, I think of it as school and, you know, investing more into my career because, you know, creative career, you don't really learn a lot in school because, you know, it's such a weird realm of, you know, specialty. So whenever I did something, you know, like New York Fashion Week or even investing in like an online course or investing in fashion shows and putting those on I just kind of thought of it as like almost you know the money I would have invested towards college if I did more of a technical career
0: yeah no that's such a good way to look at it and the next one is you need connections to advance in fashion
1: okay true it is you know a connection-based industry it's all about networking but that goes to say you can still make those connections without you know knowing anyone going into it. So, for example, my family does not know anyone in fashion. I always get these comments like, oh, you know, her family's in fashion. You know, mm-hmm. she people she had connections, her family's super wealthy, that type of thing. And, you know, that's not true at all. I grew up in the Midwest. I knew no one in fashion. And, you know, you do need to know people with any industry. You know, that's how you get unique opportunities. But you can build all those connections, you know, on your own, especially, especially nowadays, the modern world we live in, it's so easy with social media. You know, even like you, um, you know, I reached out over DM. I have made so many friendships, connections, networks over social media. I feel like my best friends I have in Los Angeles, my best networks I've made has all been over social media, whether it's been I've reached out to them, they've reached out to me. So it's so easy to build those connections. Yes, I think it is easier for people who naturally have those connections, but I think not having those connections can sometimes put you in a good place because it gives you that drive and determination to, you know, build those yourself. So even if you're, you know, in your late 20s and don't necessarily have connections in a certain career, I don't think it's too late. I think nowadays, you know, it's so easy to build those connections. And I think you just have to reach out to a lot of people Um, find people, you know, in your craft that are, you know, people you look up to and some may not get back to you, but there's always, you know, that one person that does and, you know, they can give you such good steps to advance in your career. Even if, you know, it's not now, maybe five years down the road, you can gain something from them or they can gain something from you for sure.
0: No, totally. I feel like all of my friends or not all of them, but a lot of my friends, like you were saying, I've met through social media and, I don't know. I feel like if you just put yourself out there and you DM someone and you ask them to get lunch or you ask them to collab or whatever that may be, the worst that can happen is that they don't respond, but at least you put yourself out there. And I've even had people that have reached out to me and I might not have responded the first time because I was busy and I didn't see it. Um, And then they'll reach out again later and I respond and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for not responding the first time, but thanks for reaching out again.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. Like it's not personal if people don't respond, but that's the worst thing that can happen. So your odds are pretty good.
1: Exactly. The worst thing that can happen is what's happening right now. You know, you already don't know them, so that's the worst that can happen. And, exactly. You know, people never look down upon that nowadays. You know, it's something that, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Sienna um and her friend and how she reached out over, you know, Instagram and now, you know, they're best friends doing a podcast together. So I think that's great. And I think sometimes, you know, people get intimidated if someone's super successful or have a lot of followers or something, but I don't think you know you should let that intimidate you because I think most people just want to you know meet new people and be around people that you know have the same mindset as them for sure
0: exactly and it's not like one of those things where oh will you shout me out like
1: that will never
0: work oh yeah
1: (laughs) no no
0: (laughs) but if you want to create a genuine connection with someone like that is how to go about doing it
1: yeah and I think a great thing to also do is like think about how you can help them not just how they can help you you know especially like how you can you know not just gain something from them, but maybe how they can learn something from you, how you can help them. You know, especially if you're reaching out to someone and you want to intern for them. You know, doing the free internship, they can gain something from it too, for sure. So,
0: completely. And now, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I know we kind of covered some things just then, but just let us know. I guess where you grew up, where you went to school, or what
1: your background is. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Um, My name is Molly Elizabeth. I am a fashion designer, stylist. Um, I do a lot of different creative things. Um, To start out, I was actually born in Louisville, Kentucky. I lived there until I was in middle school. I moved around a lot growing up, so I guess for me, I always kind of had that career side that was always there for me when sometimes like my friends weren't. So I guess that's kind of what I put my focus on um, because, you know, I was alone a lot. I moved to different schools and that can be really hard. Um, I moved to Omaha, Nebraska when I was in middle school in sixth grade. And like I said, that's where I really started out in fashion. When I was 15, I showcased my first collection, um, all handmade by me, in Omaha, Kansas City, and Vancouver Fashion Week, and then the following year, I got invited to do New York and, um, let's see, Kansas City, Vancouver, Omaha, and um, Los Angeles Fashion Week the following year. Uh, So at 16, you were doing that? Yep, yep. So I was pretty young starting out. Um, and then the following summer, I got invited to audition for Project Runway Junior. The first season, I actually got into the final round they told me I made it. And then the next day they called and they said they put someone else on the show. Oh my gosh. So The following year, I just committed myself to growing my craft, you know, doing things beyond what I knew how to do, um, exploring more like avant-garde fashion, doing things that would really like catch the eyes of the casting directors because that was really my goal um, for that year. And then the following year, I got on Project Runway Junior. It was everything I imagined and more. Great experience. Got to work with Tim Gunn you know, such a great person, so many people in the fashion industry. It definitely gave me a lot of connections, um, got some scholarship opportunities. Um, I met a lot of great friends, networks. It was, you know, it was everything I envisioned and more. Um, It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but, you know, I would never take it back for a second. Um, so I finished up high school a little bit early. I moved out to Los Angeles. My parents just moved to Colorado my senior year. So I was in Colorado at the time, um, moved out to Los Angeles. I, Went to FITM for a year and a half. They actually do year-round schooling, which is really cool. So you can finish your associates in a year and a half, which is awesome. Oh, wow. Especially yeah. for creative careers. You know, it's all about building networks. And I feel like spending your time on, you know, what you want to do and your craft and internships and being in the industry. So it's nice to have a school that you can really like get done quick without having to invest so much time away from actually being in the career. So I did that. I finished that up a year ago. Um, I've really gotten into a lot of creative direction since I've lived into LA. I got to creative direct and style a chain smokers music video. That is so cool. When I read that about you, I was like, that is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was probably the coolest opportunity. Um, I, you know, that's really where I decided to move to Los Angeles versus New York City. That was, like, a huge, like, do I go to New York? Do I go to LA? Love New York City. Love it so much. But for me, I really wanted to get into, like, the entertainment side of fashion. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build my, you know, online e-commerce store, which I currently have um, called Belle Devoir. Um, but for me, I really wanted to, you know, do more music videos, creative direct style those. And I feel like Los Angeles was really the place for that. So that's kind of where I've been heading over the last year. And I'm also, I also do acting, um, run my online store, do styling. Like I said, creative directing for music videos. And I just got my real estate license. So (laughs) lots of, lots of different things going on. Oh
0: my gosh. You are so like absolutely killing it. (laughs) Absolutely killing it and how old are you right now?
1: So I'm 20 years old. Wow 21 and six months so (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's insane that you are so
0: successful at such a young age and I can tell that you're Wanting to do so much more too, which is great. Like you're not stopping here. Like you're only going up from here
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely have high expectations for myself. And sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm so unsuccessful when on the outside, you know, people are like, oh, you're so successful. But And I think that can sometimes be a bad thing to be hard on yourself, but sometimes a good thing because, you know, it pushes you for sure.
0: Yeah, I know. I recently was telling um, my viewers actually on my channel how I feel like I constantly compare myself to others and I feel like other people are doing way more things than I am. And just the comments on that were like, everyone feels that way and comparison is the thief of joy and we just can't compare ourselves you know like to me your resume sounds so incredible and so impressive like you could stop here and still have an amazing resume but I understand that feeling of like comparing yourself and
1: oh yeah and I even look at you and I'm like you are so successful you're killing it like you know, you are in the top 1% of successful people at your age, like you're amazing. But internally, you totally can feel, you know, you compare yourself to people. And I think you have to remind yourself, like, I know you've been starting your consulting and everything like that. Like, so you're doing so many cool things. And I think sometimes the trap I fall into, at least, is I compare myself to people, you know, are focusing on one thing. And I'm like, I'm not as good at that one thing. But I think we have to realize, you know, how many different things we're involved in. And, you know, we all have our own paths, we all have our own interests. And, you know, it's just about, you know, I think what you enjoy, that's what I really started to realize lately is like, you know, you can't follow the path of someone else just because they're successful. I think, you know, doing what you enjoy is going to create the most success for yourself.
0: For sure. Totally. And when did you know that you wanted to get into fashion? So, was it when you met that girl that was also in fashion week, or when did you realize like this was a career path for
1: you? Yeah. So, growing up, since I was like six years old, I always wanted to be an interior designer. I loved like anything related with homes and design and anything like that. But I also loved fashion. But I don't know why. I was set actually on moving to Boston and being an interior designer. That was like what I always said I was going to do since I was like six or seven years old. Really? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, And then, I mean, I guess like I, you know, I loved art creativity. That's what my whole like childhood was pretty much like based upon. I went to an art school growing up. Elementary school um, was like super art focused And I guess it's just, you know, I kind of fell into the place of fashion, and I think sometimes it just depends, like, circumstances, what you end up doing, but I know that fashion and design was always, like, you know, a love for me and a passion, and I think it just, you know, happened. I was in a certain place at a certain time, and I got the opportunity to kind of realize how much I loved it, so it's something I've always loved. I mean, I wasn't necessarily the kid sketching on napkins, you know, at restaurants, but all types of art for me were something I, you know, loved and I knew I was going to do something in the creative world for sure. So...
0: Yeah. No, I feel like it's, you see those qualities and you add it as a young kid. So mm-hmm. I was wondering like what your, yeah. yeah. Is.
1: And I think it also was different because my family, you know, my mom honestly like shops at Target for sure. It's like, she doesn't care about fashion. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't care about investing in fashion and, you know, clothes. And I grew up on a horse farm in Louisville. So I wasn't thrown into that, you know, world. Um, So, you know, I didn't even really know what like fashion even was when I was young because it just wasn't like you know a huge thing where I lived you know people was all it was all about horses outdoors you know that type of lifestyle so I think you know once I started like seeing that side of it I fell in love with it and that you know really happened my freshman year of high school for sure.
0: Yeah. And growing up in Louisville and Nebraska, how was it with no connections at all? Like, how did you even discover how to make a garment?
1: All YouTube. All YouTube. Really? I did it 100%. And everyone I knew um, on Project Runway Jr. or that Kate girl I talked about earlier, they all learned off YouTube. So it's it's an amazing place. It teaches you so much. Um, Yeah. My parents did not know how to sew. My mom did not know how to sew. Um, so I was all self-taught off YouTube and, you know, buying fabric from the local Joann's fabric store, trying things out. Um, in Omaha, I actually had a really great teacher that taught me like how to sew and how to make garments for sure, which was awesome. But most of it was all because of YouTube. So
0: <laughs> that's crazy. And how did your parents react to you wanting to go into fashion and pursuing this, especially since that's not really something they are necessarily interested in?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. My dad, um, you know, was definitely an entrepreneur himself, but more in, like, the tech and e-commerce based world. And my mom was an accountant. So super, you know, technical based, not into creativity. So I'm an only child, so, you know... I get the full attention, which is good and bad sometimes. Um, So they definitely always support me in whatever I do. But I think it was also kind of nerve wracking for them, especially when I like started to even turn 18 um, when I said this is, you know, something I want to do full time. And, you know, from an outside perspective, you know, everyone in my family would always be like, oh, my gosh, she is so successful. Like you guys, you know are so lucky. But I think, you know, there is always that fear coming from that traditional parent point of view that following Mm -hmm. a creative career is not going to work out. So my dad, definitely, you know, they are both super supportive, my mom and dad, but my dad definitely, you know, has, you know, had those fears in his mind and told me that stuff before. Like, I don't know if, you know, fashion is the best way to go. I think you need to get a four year degree, go to college, that type of thing. So I think with them, you know, I was really all about compromise. I made sure to get a degree. I only got an associate's, but, you know, I made sure to do that. Um, I made sure, you know, to really have those connections and also the, you know, nine to five world of fashion, you know, try that out. So it wasn't all about just doing what I wanted to do because, you know. It was important for me to do what I wanted to do, but also, you know, kind of compromising with them because they do help me a lot. And, you know, without them, I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of what I can do. And, you know, they were really supportive, though, growing up, you know, they would go with me to New York City, go with me to Vancouver, take off work, help me, you know, pay for those things, help me fundraise, all that type of stuff. So it was definitely a different world for them, but I think they're getting used to it over time for sure.
0: Yeah, especially when you're 16 years old. I mean, you can't even legally work in most places up in, until you're 16. So that's really, really important to have supportive parents when you are that young and pursuing your passion.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think it's all, you know, just kind of opening them up to the modern world and, you know, allowing them to kind of see your point of view on things for sure. Because I get it. It can be hard for them, you know, not realizing the world we live in. Um, it, it can be hard to get used to it for sure.
0: Definitely. And now back to Project Runway. So what is reality TV like? Is it cutthroat? Is, the, is there more pressure or is the pressure more prevalent since you're in that competition environment? Or how would you describe your experience with it?
1: It was like the best and worst thing ever, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. So it mm-hmm. was super cutthroat, um, very intense work days. Um, you know, I, I guess school kind of always came easily to me so I never had like a very intense school experience and so going into that you know we were working like long long days waking up at 5 a.m getting to set and starting you know on tv sewing working all day long and it doesn't even sound you know that intense from like watching it like I go back and think about it I'm like oh it wasn't that bad But just bringing myself back to that moment, I mean, it was long days and just exhaustion was intense, especially, you know, being in a different city at such a young age, feeling homesick, feeling like confused about what you're doing, not knowing what's going on, being thrown into a reality show, you know, having people criticize your work. It's a lot. It really is. And, you know, it's a reality show. The point of reality shows is to get viewers you know it's an industry it's a tv show so i think for me the biggest learning experience from it was you know learning the separation from my work and that it is a tv show and not taking everything to heart because you know they do want the controversy <laughs> um, and you know it's all about getting those views for sure um And I remember, you know, one episode, everyone was like, you're going to win, you know, you have the best garment and I almost got kicked off the show. So it's, you never knew what was going to happen going into it. You know, um, the judges were very harsh. They were real. They were criticizing your work. And when you're 16 years old showing at fashion weeks, you know, all you get is applause. All you get is good feedback because people are impressed and, so going into that environment, it was intense, and yeah. they were not, they were not you know all nice, all butterflies and roses. It was intense. They would tell us, you know, this work is terrible. I hate it. But then the next week, you would get, oh my gosh, you are amazing. So it was an emotional roller coaster. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it definitely like was a whole different realm because I only you know received good feedback from other mm-hmm. people before. So, but at the end, I stayed until the last episode. So I got super far, which was great. Um, But I think it was just something to kind of realize that the entertainment industry is a whole world of its own. And I don't think you can truly understand it until you're on a show. And you know, being in that environment, like I'm sure the world of like, Bachelorette and all that is just, you know, a crazy, crazy world. Um, And you know, any reality show, it's, it's just an an experience like no other, but I also learned so much that I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think, you know, it really gave me that perseverance now when entering the real world to, you know, face setbacks and, you know, bad things happening, you know, and getting criticism.
0: Yeah, no, I can't even imagine being that young also. Like, yes, you've only been getting praise, but also you're 16. Like, you're still so young, and I feel like – having people tell you that your work sucks at that age it's really hard it's just not something that. and you know
1: creative things it's like it's so subjective you know one judge might hate it and one judge might love it so there were episodes where I you know I would I've bawled many times on national television now but you know it's it is what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, you learn a lot and you learn that, you know, fashion is an art. It's subjective, you know, different people love it. That's all, you know, why we all have our own style. So.
0: No, so true. And since then, now you've been going into, have you been going into the music business or just styling music videos?
1: Yeah, so I've been exploring the music industry as far as creative directing, styling, um, working with artists, you know, helping out with their branding, things like that. So I've designed a lot of music videos as far as creative direction, styling, things like that, really working with like the artists on their creative branding.
0: Nice. So what has that been like for you and what's the difference you think between that and being a fashion designer?
1: So I think being a stylist, being a creative director, it's different because, you know, the clients are really coming to you as the pro. They're looking to you as, you know, we need your help. We need your advice on, you know, the creative branding for this. And I feel like as being a fashion designer, it's more, you know, getting the consumer to fall in love with your stuff and kind of persuading them. When you have a stylist client, you know, they're coming to you for advice So you really have to be confident in what you're presenting to them, but also open to their ideas. And every client is so different. Um, Like when I worked with the chain smokers, for example, they were like, you know, you do you. Um, We want to know what, you know, what you come up with. But some clients will be like, this is exactly what we want. So it's so different going into you know every situation, and I'm sure like you working freelance, um, doing consulting. I'm sure you know it's so different with everyone you experience, and it's kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, it just it really depends on the situation. But um, for being a stylist, for sure. Um, you know, I do I do a lot of pools. Sometimes I work with the clients going to the stores, shopping with them. Sometimes it's just me 100%. They have no idea what they want, and, you know, I'm kind of helping them decide what they want. So it's very different, you know, hands-on-wise, you know, how you're involved depending on the client for sure.
0: Yeah. And which one do you prefer? Do you prefer styling and dealing, directing more with the creative direction, or do you prefer designing your own pieces?
1: Yeah. So I feel like currently in my life, I love creative directing and styling and, you know, being in the music industry. And I don't know if it's necessarily because it's new and it's something exciting, but I feel like that's definitely where I'm putting my time and energy in now. Um, But the great thing about, you know, being a freelancer is I really can balance both, you know, having my own brand and doing creative directing and styling. But I would say if I had to choose creative directing and styling is, you know, it's super exciting for me right now, for sure. And the thing about it is you get to work with so many different people and so many different styles. So I think that's the most exciting thing.
0: Yeah, I think anything that's new is so exciting and you want to jump all into it and I feel like LA is the best place to do styling so it definitely makes sense for oh, yeah, that being for your sure. favorite. How does it feel when a celebrity wears something that you styled or wears? Oh, it's of so yours?
1: Cool. I remember when I was 16, Sabrina Carpenter um, was the first celebrity to ever wear anything of mine. She wore a t-shirt um, I made for her during um, her meet and greet and I didn't even realize it until, like, two weeks later. Her fan accounts were, like, tagging me into it. Um, you know how, like, they have those, like, style fan accounts. Like, get this yes. style. So they were, like, tagging me. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. This is so cool. And I was, like, I've made it. This is awesome. Um, but it was it was the best moment when that first happened. But I think it's cool because, you know, it kind of gives you that gratification that you know someone big likes what you're doing and it's also you know great for marketing you know then their fans find out about it and everything but
0: oh totally I always wonder feeling yeah I always wonder how those fan accounts find the exact piece
1: (laughs) I know I'm like they must, must like spend a lot of time because I'm like a small fashion designer I'm like how did you find me like that's insane I still don't know to this day how they found me
0: I know, it's crazy. I'm. I always wonder. I'm like, wait, that is literally the exact piece that they're wearing. How long did you spend looking? For I know,
1: that? right? Especially like smaller brands. I'm like, dang, this is like a full time job. <laughs> I know.
0: And what is your typical day to day like? I mean, you feel. I feel like you do so many different things. So, what would you say? Like, walk us through kind of your morning routine, or do you have a specific routine, or is just every single day different?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, every day is different, but I like to have like a general, you know, routine to stick by. I'm a huge Google calendar advocate and time. Oh, yes. (laughs) So I definitely like time block my days for sure. Um, If I have a shoot, I pretty much go into that day knowing like I'm going to dedicate my entire day to that. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to, you know, do anything else because I want to focus 110% on that because shoot days are just, they can be long and overwhelming. So But on a regular day where I don't have a shoot, um, if I am doing pools for clients, I'll make sure to do that in the afternoon. I'll wake up at about 6 a.m., sometimes 5, sometimes 7, but I try for 6. It just depends on, you know, if I had a late shoot the night before or anything. Um, and then I'll get up, I'll make breakfast, get coffee, huge coffee person. I've been making it at home lately and I'm honestly obsessed with it. Just like sitting, you know, on the couch on my laptop for like 30 minutes, just like making sure my, do- my day is like organized. That's like my must have in my morning is starting out making sure I have my day planned and making sure my apartment is clean. Then I usually get ready, um, do my hair, makeup, shower, all that. Um, if I'm going to work out, I'll try to fit it in, in the morning, just because I know if I say I'm going to do it in the afternoon, I'll end up doing other things. Um, and then from there, I'll try to finish at least one or two things by like 10 AM. That's kind of like my goal. Um, so I'll usually just work on my laptop, whether it's, you know, editing something, you know. Um, networking to people, just spending a couple hours doing that in the mornings. And then kind of once it's lunchtime, I'll usually run any errands. I usually have errands every day, whether, you know, it's going to stores, pulling things for people, meetings. I usually try to make all my meetings around like two or 3 PM. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of my typical day. Come home, you know, eat dinner, do any tasks around the house. And then I would say after dinner, I'm just like on my computer doing work, um, and you know every day is different but you know that's kind of my typical schedule is you know balancing meetings errands and doing like computer work
0: yeah no i mean i feel like that's the beauty of having a working freelance and working for yourself is that every day is different but you really got to be good at time blocking managing yeah. your time
1: yeah oh 100% because it is so easy and I guess, you know, guilt guilt can come so easy when you're working freelance, you know, when you wake up and it's like 10 a.m. and, you know, you haven't worked out, you haven't done anything for the day. So I think you really do have to be strict on yourself.
0: You have to have so much self-discipline. Like I still try to wake up in like the 7 o'clock hour, so between 7 and 8, sometimes 8.30, but never past 9 o'clock. I feel like if I wake up past 8.30... I get so mad at myself because I want to work out in the morning. I want to have a nice breakfast. I don't want to start working at noon, you know? So I definitely try to discipline myself to wake up early, go to the gym, get my stuff done, and still have a normal work day.
1: No, oh, yeah. And that's amazing. You know, I always like see your stories. I'm like, wow, she's productive. So I think, you know, it's also cool. I love how so many YouTubers and vloggers and things like that you know, do these really long days in their lives now, because I feel like we can gain so much inspiration from seeing like productive people and what they do, because I feel like, you know, learning about time blocking and Google calendar and things like that, like all my productivity skills have been from like watching people on YouTube. So.
0: Oh my gosh. Same, same. And podcasts, especially. Oh
1: yes. Podcasts for sure. For sure. And what advice do you have for someone
0: who feels like they want to pursue a career in fashion, but they aren't living in LA or New York? And also two questions. So there's two parts to this question. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid burnout when pursuing this?
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm going to answer this question by kind of starting out with this quote. This quote is like my number one quote, what I like live by. I have it on my screensaver, so I'm going to read it. Don't think about what can happen in a month. Don't think about what can happen in a year. Just focus on the 24 hours in front of you and what you can do to get one step closer to where you want to be. So, for example, like living in the Midwest, um, I've known about this quote for many years and I don't know, it was just kind of like an aha moment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was like, I can't change where I live now. I can't change where I'm at. So what can I do today to, you know, get one step closer to where I want to be? And, you know, at those moments, it was reaching out to people on the internet, doing things like that, you know, reaching out to people in the industry and people in my area, no matter where you live, even, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska, I found a fashion industry there. So I think the thing is, no matter what you want to do, you can find someone. Um, And even if you can't, you know, reach out on social media and find someone because I feel like even if it's a friend in your school and you're in high school and you can't find anyone, you know, in your town interested in fashion. And that's what you want to go into. Start a fashion club with a friend at your school, because, you know, it's all about, I think, building a community and getting started in whatever you're doing where you can, no matter where you live now, because you can't do anything about it today. Especially if you're in middle school and high school, you can't get up and move on your own. Um, So I think it's just about, you know, making it work in the world you live in currently. Um, And then as far as burnout, kind of in relation to that quote, don't think about, you know, what you want to do in a week, in a month, focus on today and where you are today and how you can plan your day to, you know, maximize your efficiency, because in reality, what we have is today and, you know, everything takes a little step. So if you're thinking about, you know, starting your own fashion line and your goal is to have it in a year. Don't think about that as far as, you know, definitely have those goals for sure and write those down and, you know, manifest those. But, you know, you really got to break it down and what can I get done today? Okay, today I'm going to make a logo. You know, I'm going to come up with, you know, my brand's mission statement. Just checking off those little tips of what you can do today in the next, you know, 24 hours makes it a lot less overwhelming it kind of just puts it into perspective for me. You know, I don't need to be stressing out, you know, a week down the road of how I'm going to get all this done. We have today, we have 24 hours and just focus on that. And I feel like that's really, you know, put a lot into perspective for me for sure.
0: No, I completely agree. I mean, I, sometimes whenever I get stressed, I think about, oh my gosh, what do I want to do in a year from now, two years from now? And I start thinking of all everything I want to do. And I feel so behind and then you just can't do anything because you're just so overwhelmed. So I think that's such a good reminder is just focus on today.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it like freezes you when you get too overwhelmed and it's not about, you know, totally make those goals for sure. But I think it's all about breaking it down.
0: Completely. Well, I have absolutely loved having you on the podcast. I think this episode was amazing. And now what do you want to plug? So plug yourself, plug your brands, everything like that.
1: (laughs) Well, I want to say thank you. First of all, I had a great time and so much fun. Um, You guys can stay tuned and follow me on my Instagram. It is at Molly Elizabeth Designs. Um, and then my fashion brand is in my Instagram bio, but it is at Belle Devoir. Um, and then I have all my links on there through a link tree. So you guys can follow my YouTube. Sometimes I post like fashion design day of my life and fun videos like that. Um, you guys can also check out my styling website on there, which is styledbymollyelizabeth.com. And yeah, all my other links are on there. So if you guys head to my Instagram at Molly Elizabeth Designs, you guys can find all those there. Well, thank you
0: so much. I've seriously loved having you on. And of course, I'll have everything in the show notes so you guys can click on it and check out Molly. But thank you so much. And yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with Molly. I thought it was so informative. And just if you guys don't feel inspired after this episode, I mean I don't know how I thought it was so inspiring I love talking to her and I can't wait to hang out with her when I go to LA I think that's one of the things I love most about this podcast is that I make friends off of it and I meet so many people that I just wouldn't have met if I didn't have this podcast so she's just an awesome girl so excited to hang out with her when i go to la and meet her but you guys should definitely follow her check out her stuff she's super super cool and i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode again be sure to join the facebook page follow us on instagram which is getting updated you guys know and i will see you guys next week's episode of the real real podcast